Today I'm here with Stephen. Ho, 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 and a bottle of, no, that, that's Pirates, not Christmas. Um, ho, 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 happy to be here. It's okay if you get Christmas songs confused. I, look, <laughs> I grew up singing in choirs um, in, in North Carolina. Um, so I know my fair share of Christmas music from that. A lot of that tends to be more classical uh, arrangements. Then, of course, I am a major fan of pentatonics um, and also sang in acapella groups myself. So um, I kind of got my bases covered when it comes to Christmas music. Um, so I, w- I, I would bargain I know more Christmas music than one would think. I'll accept that. Do you have a favorite Christmas song, Danny? My favorite Christmas song, and this always sounds funny when I have to say the title because the title is the Christmas song. And it's always been one of my favorites since I was a kid. Beyond that, do you have a favorite uh, Christmas music performer? I don't think I have like a specific performer. If I'm thinking of like a song that I really just enjoy from a specific performer, it's for King of Country's version of um, The Little Drummer Boy. Uh, they've always done an amazing show, but if you haven't seen that, it's worth the, looking up the video of them performing that song because it's just amazing. I don't know if I should. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? I do. Thank you for asking. Song is tough. I've got a couple different answers for different reasons. Like I said, I sang in choirs. Um, and so it's split between Carol of the Bells only because it was so fun to rehearse because it's a super technical song, but it's like fun because you just have to get all the cadence of all the ding dong, you know, yeah. all that stuff, right? Um, and then also uh, Noel Nouvelle, a, a French Christmas piece, um, which is beautiful. And we sang that every year um, in the winter gardens at the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. Um, our, our choir got to go perform there basically every for like one day um, during kind of November, December time. Uh, every half hour or every other half hour for like six hours straight, we performed a set of songs in the winter garden at the Biltmore state, which was uh, looking back a life highlight. Then if I'm, if I'm thinking about just modern Christmas music, if you will um, song, I really love that's Christmas to me by pentatonics. That's a really good one. Um, If we're talking performer, it's gotta be Michael Buble. Um, his Christmas music just, oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's soothing. And it's, it's, it's like, I equate it to, you know, like whiskey kind of, you know, pouring over, you know, an ice cube and a glass or molasses. I can see that. That's actually a very good description. Yeah. Like molasses running down the side of a cake. It's just, it's so smooth and, and, and comforting and, and warm. Uh, so yeah, I love, look, there's, there's no good Jewish music or, or movies. Even so listeners are about to hear in one of the conversations, we talk about Christmas movies. I was looking up Hanukkah movies just to see, because like obviously eight crazy nights is like the big one that everyone knows, but even that, I mean, hot take, I don't think is that good. Um, but when I Google Hanukkah movies and Google kind of gives me like the recommended what to watch based on my search. <sighs> Let's see here. There's a Seth Rogen movie called The Night Before. Never heard of it. Um, Call Me By Your Name is something they list. 
Little Fockers is something they list. Um, Fiddler on the Roof, which let's just be clear, it has nothing to do with Hanukkah. It's just Jews. The the Rugrats season four premiere episode, which is all about Hanukkah. So like this is what we're talking. Like there is no my people don't have a a. a you do have Hallmark movies now, though. There's not a lot of them yet, but there have been quite a few Hanukkah holiday Hallmark movies. I did not know that. Um, and apparently neither does Google because they don't recommend that I watch no, any of them. Um, ben Savage from Boy Meets World is in one of the Hanukkah movies. Show Hallmark. I have never seen. All right. Wrong generation. Yeah. So we're doing something a little different. We decided to get a few of our favorite people together to provide a holiday gift guide of sorts. So we have a lot of book recommendations, some small shop recommendations for just some gift ideas that are in and outside the Harry Potter world. So we just talked with Rachel and Paula and Gerald, all of which you've heard on the podcast before, but they all gave us their recommendations for this holiday season for gifts for other people or yourself. Rachel, of course, is Ravenclaw Reads. Paula is Unpensievable, among many other handles. And Gerald is Dapper Minister of Magic and or Dressed Up for Tea Time, depending on the type of content of his you tend to engage with. If, as we're going through the conversation... You want to keep up in real time with the shops or the products that people mention. Um, I am speaking this into the ether now, so that means Danny's going to have to do it. Danny will have a list of all of the things in the show notes and also in the Instagram caption. You're shaking your head at me as I say that. Everything will be tagged, but on Friday, we will have everything posted to the website, which is mouseandboltmedia.com. So you will be able to find a post and I will try to link to all of them also on that site. So you don't have to worry about writing everything down. I was trying to surprise you with something and you surprised me with something. So there we go. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive into the conversations? No. Why don't we get started? We didn't talk about them during the conversation, but this conversation is unofficially sponsored by Olipop. As we had two of the three conversations, I was drinking my delightful blackberry vanilla sparkling tonic. You switched it up. Yeah, well, they had a new flavor that they sent out, and I said I have to try it. Uh, it is, again, prebiotic, botanical plant fiber, sparkling tonic. This wonderful vegan, paleo, non-GMO drink has 50 calories, has 5 grams of sugar, so slightly more in both categories than the root beer or original cola, vintage cola, I forget the name, that I really enjoy, um, but also delightful. Um so yeah, if you're over at Alipop and you're saying, hey, what can I do as a marketing manager to make someone's holiday season? What you could do is reach out to us at creatingmagicpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at creatingmagicpodcast. And uh, let's see if we can, I don't even need the free stuff. I mean, that'd be nice. I would just more like to say that I'm an official, like this podcast is an official sponsored podcast. We don't need money. I, well, I mean, if you want to give us money, I'm not going to say no. But, you know, I just want I want the affiliation. That's what I'm looking for. That's the word is the affiliation. So this episode is unofficially brought to you by Alipop. This beautiful prebiotic botanical plant fiber sparkling tonic supports digestive health. 
we are back with Rachel to talk about some book recommendations for the holidays. We're off to a, a fine start here at Creating Magic Podcast as we are in the midst of the Festival of Lights and we are gearing up for the lovely holiday with the green tree and all the other holidays that people may celebrate around the world. Um, Happy Hanukkah, Stephen. Thank you. Um, we are thrilled to be joined as I interrupted Danny's instruction by Rachel uh, Ravenclaw reads. Y'all will remember her incredible episode she did with us a handful of months back. Rachel, welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to see you guys again. How uh, have you been? Pretty good. Been uh, ramping up with the holiday orders for our little business. I've been painting away like one of Santa's little elves. <laughs> well, so actually, before we dive into the real reason we were here today, quote unquote, I want to talk about that for a minute because I got a gift in the mail from one co-host a month or two back. And it is this beautiful Wingspan Matters glass. And I just appreciated it for what it was. And then she mentioned, oh yeah, this is like from Rachel's business. So do you want to give a not so subtle plug for that? Absolutely. So the glass that you're holding, I believe, was painted by my business partner, a fellow Ravenclaw. Her name is Reen. Her and I founded the company together about three years ago. It's called Pop and Quirks Designs. We paint all sorts of fandoms on any kind of glassware. So my current favorite is a little Moana with mini ears that I made for myself. At home, just imagine an adorable Moana wearing her little mini ears. Um, but we have lots of funny holiday stuff. We have um, Christmas Vacation, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's our, our biggest holiday seller as well as some like Snoopies. So lots of fun. Take lots of custom orders. Give me all the calligraphy to do. Do you have any like fun holiday plans or traditions that you do with you and your family? My husband and I and our reluctant cats have a fun tradition where every year we get matching jammies <laughs> and we force the poor kitty cats into matching pajamas with us and we take a fun family photo and put that on in our little Christmas card so we did that last night and poor little wobbles really was not having it <laughs> so that's our fun little tradition um, but otherwise with my family we just try to get together um, I'm hosting my mom's side of the family this year, so that'll be fun. And yeah, thankfully we're all pretty local. So we're adopting a family, um, through, I think it's called empower for life in, um, Baltimore. They help the homeless youth of Baltimore. So we're going to be helping out some families there. So it's a new tradition we're starting this year. That's really, really cool. And I'll tell you what, I saw the pajama photos. I know I already told you how adorable they were. And I know I've told you many times how much I adore you and Eric. But I mean, y'all, look, every relationship is unique. As my grandma would say, every snowflake is one of one and all that good stuff. Um, and social media is but only a small sliver into the real life that people live. But y'all just look so happy and cozy and content and your reading room just gives me, I, we, we don't got to do this again. We did this last episode, but I just, I'll tell you what, um, I'm not one for dressing up or doing any sort of themed things, but if I had a relationship that looked as happy as that, you'd catch me in all the flannel pajamas from here to Timbuktu. Oh, 
We really need them to invent a way to do the photos like in Harry Potter because that photo of the cat trying to get away would be an amazing Christmas card to send out. You are so... Oh, poor Wobbles. Poor. <laughs> so you have prepared some recommendations for our listeners of some holiday gift ideas specifically dealing with books. I did. I came up with four categories because who would I be if I didn't? Um, I've got a standalone recommendation, a short series recommendation, a long series recommendation, and a Star Wars recommendation. I've got a pen. I've got Pete. Because what happened last time was we talked about it. I was entranced. But then like every episode I've ever recorded, I forget everything that was said the minute the episode, you know, we end recording. And then I was like getting ready to go to a bookstore a couple of weeks later. And I was like re-listening to the episode, just trying to fast forward through to the moments where you gave all the recommendations. And then I was texting Danny and then I forgot the list at home. So it was a whole thing. So anywho, I just to let the listeners should know that I am proactively prepared this time. You went on your own little um, Court of Thorns and Roses journey, didn't you? Okay, I was going to wait till the end to bring this up because there's a chance I'm going to cry, but no understatement. This is a accurate this is an accurate statement, and I mean no offense to any of our other guests. I mean no offense to any of my friends. I mean no offense to Danny, to my family. The conversation that we had on the podcast and the ensuing slew of conversations that you and I have had on Instagram that have led to what I think is a nice friendship, um, have absolutely changed my life. Um, you recommended A Court of Thorns and Roses to me, and I grew up reading. I loved reading. I was the kid. I talked about this last time where my parents would have to come in and yell at me in air quotes to turn off the lights and go to bed because you have to go to bed at some point, Stephen. You can't read all night. And then you grow up and life gets in the way and you just don't read as much. It just, you know, for whatever reason, everyone's got their life. Everyone's got their things that happen. And it had been the absolute longest time since I picked up a book and couldn't physically put it back down because it was that good. And your recommendation of that series has reignited a spark in me that I have not felt since I was a child. Um, so yeah, to, to, I went on a little bit of a Cordon Thorns and Roses terror there for a little while. So uh, thank you. That makes me so happy. That book I haven't met somebody who hasn't felt touched by that book. It just, that series rather, it it helps you feel seen through going through rough times. It helps you know that no matter how lonely you might feel, there's somebody out there who loves you and is waiting for you, whether you've met them yet or not. Um, I'm a big fan of found family and that, that series really has that in there Um, as well as I guess two of the, book series that I'm going to be recommending tonight. So which one should we start with? Should we maybe start with my favorite of the recommendations? Perfect. That one has the found family trope. I've been really into sci-fi this year. So I tried to get a couple fantasy, a couple sci-fi, but sci-fi has been my absolute jam. And I have a new discounting Harry Potter because we all know Harry Potter is that golden standard right like that's been our favorite since it started coming out in the 90s that's just a special place in our hearts so we're just gonna have that one as like you know not even on the list because nothing's gonna top that so Akitar, Court of Thrones and Roses obviously 
number one, discounting Harry P. Number two is going to be Aurora Rising, the Aurora Cycle by Jay Kristoff and Amy Kaufman. So this one actually just made it onto the um, New York Times bestseller list of all time in great company with Harry Potter and Percy Jackson and all those other great ones. Um, it is going to be YA. I think the recommended reading age, um, like I guess to start out reading it is between 13 and 17 years old. So this is safe for young siblings, young cousins, young friends, as well as adults alike. I am about to turn 31 years old in a couple of days, so I still loved it. Um, we have a misfit gang of um, galactic warrior troops, I guess, if you think of like an army in space, a peace army in space, um, who end up kind of thrown together and part of this crazy plan that I can't even really begin to explain to you um, because it is so in-depth and beautiful. But we have that found family trope. We have some um, chosen one in there as well. Uh, they go on a mission to save the entire universe from a hive mind type alien, which if you don't know what a hive mind is, they hijack any being and bring that consciousness within one kind of a essence. So you're no longer an individual, you're part of a we. So they want to protect the individuality of each being in the universe. Um, the third book just came out this year. It was a fantastic ending. I found myself crying at least three times. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful, very intricate, very fun space drama. I uh, will say that the, the characters are teenagers. So we get lots of fun, silly, teenage drama within there absolutely 10 out of 10 recommend this series the first book is called aurora rising the second is oh gosh give me one second what is the second one it's downstairs don't you love when you draw a blank it is either you're going to be able to tell me which is the order but there's aurora's end and aurora burning okay that's what i thought aurora burning is the second one thank you aurora burning is the second book in the series and aurora's end naturally is the third book. I don't know why I got this too mixed up in my brain. They are all amazing. And if you are a fan of sci-fi, a fan of found family, a fan of the chosen one trope, you are going to love it. Absolutely love it. So that one is the short series recommendation. So I guess we can take it right into the long series recommendation. We are fans, big stands of Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> So I feel like a series that often gets forgotten when it comes to Sarah J. Mass is her original one, Throne of Glass. This has taken up Gerald, um, Dapper Minister of Magic, or Dressed Up for Tea Time, whichever, or both ways that you follow him on Instagram. Um, he and I have been on a Sarah J. Mass journey together for the last year or two, I suppose, probably two years at this point. And he and I embarked in June on Throne of Glass, and it has been such a joy to share another uh, series with him, especially a Sarah J. Math series. So this one is massive. <laughs> We've been working on it since June. It is the end of November. I think he finished it. I fell behind. <laughs> so it is seven main books and one um, compilation novella book. That one has five little novellas in it. I think he and I are saving that one for last. So... Again, we've got a uh, lost royalty kind of a trope in this one. We have that found family. We've got fae, your fairies. We've got magic. We've got uh, 
multiple layers of big bads and little bads and epic battles and romance, not as Akatar level romance. We're not talking silver flames here. This is much more PG, a um, little bit more of fade to black, save a few scenes. Um, but it is still a beautiful, beautiful story with a really feisty main character. And the main takeaway from this series that I have found is that fear can either hinder you and hold you back, or it can be a catalyst to help you feel stronger and move forward as you face those fears. So our main character, her mantra has always been who she is and that she is not afraid. So beautiful, epic story. One of the most intricate Every single stone had something connecting to something else in the later books, kind of a story. Um, very reminiscent of uh, Game of Thrones, if you're a fan of that. I've only seen the TV show. I haven't read the book of Game of Thrones, but very, very similar vibes. Amazing epic fantasy. Um, definitely high level, high fantasy type of a story. Um, and the fun fact about this one is she started writing the first book, Throne of Glass, when she was like 16 years old. So it's been really fun watching her writing progress from this first book with lots of exclamation points to who she is now. Um, so it's a fun journey in the story itself and seeing her grow as an author. I just want to put onto the record now that when eventually A Court of Thorns and Roses makes its way onto Hulu, um, Gerald, Rachel, we, th I, I want to put my marker down now for an Akatar TV show podcast. Um, I don't know when that's going to be because I don't know how fast they develop things at Hulu. We all may be, well, Cheryl already is like, you know, 55. But, you know, when you and I are like 45 and Danny's like, 85 um i would i would gladly love to bring together a meeting of the beautiful minds for that podcast that would be so much fun i would also love if they turned throne of glass into a tv show i think as much as we love um akatar that one is very character driven and i feel like we hold these characters very deeply and dearly within our hearts not that i don't care deeply about the characters in Throne of Glass. It's just much more plot driven. It's very, very plot heavy. There's some amazing characters in there, top level characters in there, but this one is very plot driven and I would love to see that someday adapted to the screen. <laughs> also to add in, since we are on the Sarah J Mass discussion, you can pre-order her second book for Crescent City. Girl, when oh. I tell you, Two of the copies pre-ordered <laughs> and I took off release day and the day after for work. <laughs> you are my favorite kind of reader because that is exactly how you're supposed to do life as an adult. Right. I have the ability. Why not? <laughs> I approve. I still have to get through House of Earth and Blood. I, I'm, I, I forget. I'm like a third of the way through and then I put it down on my coffee table and it was like the coffee table of death. Um, so I, it, it's like right there. I just need to get back to it. I I, it, I was telling you about it. It took me a little bit to get into it, but I was in it and then life happened again. So, but it, it's there. It, it, we'll get there. Crescent City starts off with a nice big info dump. And those of us who pretend like you're going to have a 
giant exam at the end of the first three chapters, sit there and you're like trying to connect all these dots. But the beautiful thing about her writing is if something does pertain of interest, then it will be described again later. (laughs) So I just had to remind myself of that throughout. Um, But I think once you get through that first third, it's going to pick up for you there, Stephen. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll take some days off of work just to read. You have or some just lights coming up. Not it, well, that book is so big. You need a whole carry-on just for the book. <laughs> True. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Not necessarily sad, but the last book in Throne of Glass, it's uh, Kingdom of Ash. And that one is 990 pages. I'll leave it at that. It is a lot, a lot of feelings, a lot of words, and a lot of pages. All right. Now that we've kind of talked about the series for the evening um i do have a standalone i'm not a big standalone person but this year i did find a standalone that absolutely blew me away it is sisters of sword and song by rebecca ross it has the most beautiful cover in the entire world it was absolutely a cover grab for me and then when i picked it up the story just sounded amazing again it's a ya so safe for younger friends, younger family members, as well as adults alike. It is a beautiful story of um, clearly a sister's love for each other, um, stepping outside of comfort zones and finding yourself on epic journeys. We've got magical objects lost by gods that we're trying to find. Um, Beautiful ending, adorable love story epic adventure not too long of a book I've got the hardcover and it is about 450 pages worth every single word every single page um if you're a fan of kind of like Greek kind of fantasy Greek god-esque I wouldn't compare it to like a Hades and Persephone's type of a story but the same kind of vibe as like the gods are influencing the lives of the humans and the humans are kind of descendants of God. So we've got lots of fun adventure in this story. I think it's the only standalone I've read this year, actually. (laughs) Now I'm curious, is that just because standalones inherently kind of limit like your imagination because there is no more story to go on or is there some other reason behind, behind that? I think it's just a personal preference thing for me. I like to be in a world as long as possible. Um, However, would not recommend reading two nine book series in a row followed by Dune, which is also a nine book series because my brain hurts. (laughs) So having these nice little uh, standalones in between is helpful, but just the ability to get lost in a world for a long time and really get an image of the world not just the map in the front two pages you can really start to like build it in your mind and feel like you're a part of the character's family or friend group and I just love losing myself in a world like that I also feel like it's actually pretty rare in the fantasy sci-fi genre to really find a standalone book like most of them are at least a trilogy absolutely there's a lot of world building that goes into a series like that. And I feel like you lose some of that when it comes to standalones, which I think is why I enjoyed 
the Sisters of Sword and Song so much. The world was pretty easy to comprehend without having to explain things like we didn't have fairies in there that I recall. (laughs) But um, it's more of you see the world as the character ventures out into the world, which I thought was a really clever way to give you the world building as the character experiences it. So you feel like you're kind of in her shoes, seeing the world as she experiences it. And then did you have one more? I do. Naturally, this is kind of a series, quote unquote. It is the new Star Wars books. Um, It is the Star Wars High Republic books. We have um, three books that are out so far. I only brought up Light of the Jedi, so it's the only one that I remember the name of right now. But there's three books out in the High Republic series. And what I love about these is we get to see the the Jedi as they should be. So they're not all tangled up in the politics right now. They're actually out there trying to do good. And we can start to kind of see where they start to fall off of that path and start getting more involved in the politics. Um, I feel like we get to kind of explore the philosophy of the Jedi a little bit more in this. But in the second book, we get this really fun character, Geode. And he is a rock that is on the spaceship and everybody turns to him for advice. And this whole time you're like, is he sentient? Does he do anything? Or is he just like a gag? And I'm not going to spoil anything for you because that was a really fun thing. But watching my husband read it first, every time he giggled, it was because of Geode. And most of it is just like they turn to Geode and he's got like a placid expression or something, right? Because he's a rock. (laughs) So as the story progresses, Geode is there. And by the end, you know if he is sentient or if we're all just kind of like a running gag with him. (laughs) But that one's really fun. It might be Into the Storm. It might be the name of that second one. What I'm really going to need, and this is mainly directed at one particular listener, Russell Holly is a definitive roadmap to kind of the premiere Star Wars novels, if you will, because I know there are just so many and so many have titles that if they're not overlapping, they're so similar. And it really just depends if you're talking about Timothy Zahn or some other author. Right. And so even for instance, Russell one time told me to read these three Timothy Zahn novels. I got them. Turns out I got the wrong three and they were still really good and I enjoyed them, but they, I really want to dive into the world of star Wars novels, but it's just so it's almost like trying to start Marvel movies. It's like, where does one even begin? There's so many and it's, it's overwhelming for me. Did you read the Thrawn ascendancy ones? Oh, Danny, which ones did I read? I read the ones with you read the older ones with Joris Seboath and the mountain and the fake Luke and all that stuff. That's about as specific as I can get based on my recollection. I think I do have a reading list somewhere on my phone that is all of the still canon books, I believe. It might still have some of the legacy books in there. Um which it used to be canon before Disney bought it and destroyed our lives with the, the new three trilogy. I know unpopular opinion there. Well, so here's actually a take, not a take, but here's where I kind of sit on. Cause I know there's a whole debate about canon legacy, non-canon whatsoever. 
it's almost a, similar to how I feel about fan fiction, like a Harry Potter fanfic. So long as it's written in a style that I feel fits with the original characterization and their voices, I'm okay with things not being canon or well, not Cursed Child. It's a whole other thing, but you know, I'm I'm okay with like leaving the canon as long as the writing style and the voices feel real to me. Like when when they start getting into a whole different kind of personality or whatever, that's when I'm like, okay, this this I've had enough of this book for now. There's apparently the Star Wars The High Republic adult novels. Then there's the High Republic young adult novels. Well, and then there's even a junior thing. novel series. So the ones that um, my husband and I have been reading I are, I think, the adult ones. Light of the Jedi is the adult novel followed by The Rising Storm and The Fallen Star. Yes, those are the three that we have and that I would highly recommend. I have heard wonderful things about the others. I want to say that the children's or the young adult ones might be graphic novels. Um, I know that there are a few graphic novels within. The junior ones are. So that way there's these series of books for all ages. Oh, yeah. And it's great because it's all set in that time, like where the Jedi are at their height. Right. And uh, the. Junior novels are geared for eight to 12 year olds and then 12 and up for the young adults. And then obviously the adults. I still would say that the adult High Republic books aren't heavy in the cursing. Like I still feel like they would be appropriate for children. They might just be at like a higher reading level. You know, like when you're a kid, you're reading at like a certain reading level. And then when you're an adult, you can comprehend a little bit more. Some of us maybe sometimes. Yeah. So it just depends on your child's reading age. Right. Yeah. Because I don't recall any cursing or innuendos or anything like that. I, I want to say it's probably pretty safe. <laughs> probably pretty safe in there. But they're, like I said, they're great because we really get to see the the Jedi as they should be in their prime. And a fun new kind of big bad in there that we've never really seen before. That's great. Thank you for those recommendations. Oh, yeah. Very happy. Very excited to be able to chat with you guys again and share some really fun books. Thanks again for turning my life around a little bit. And before you leave, I can oh, leave. No, Danny, I'm just still, you, you can't, I, I'm, I'm too emotional. I'm, I'm just happy. You can be emotional. I it's would happy, just like it's you to shout out emotions. where to find your store and where we can find you for people. Well, my Instagram is Ravenclaw Reads. I am in the midst of figuring out what I want to post on there, but I'm always active in my stories, active in my DMs, happy to share life and make new friends. Um, so you can find me there on Instagram. My DMs are always open if you want to chat anything, fandom, anything book. I'm here for you there. And then my business, Pop and Quartz Designs, I have it linked in my bio on my Instagram, but we do have an Etsy shop. So it is poppin, no G, corks, you know, like a champagne bottle, <laughs> designs, um, all one word, dot Etsy.com is how you would find us there. You would probably be pretty prone to find us if you simply search Christmas vacation wine glasses. We're probably the first thing that'll pop up there. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. So now we are joined by Paula. Hi. Thank you for coming and joining us. And 
Thank you for having me. How are your holidays? Are there any like specific like holiday traditions that you're looking forward to? Not really. We do like Christmas Eve um, and then Christmas morning with the kids. But like there's nothing in particular that we do. Like last year we did a parrilla, which is like a, you know, a lot of meat, sausage, uh, <laughs> blood sausage, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, South American style. Did you have a lechon? Uh, no, it was a churraco. Mm. With chimichurri. Oh, papi churro. <laughs> well, I was yeah. going to ask what the kids are looking for these holidays, but uh, now I just want to hear more about your meat. <laughs> what are the kids like, my kids? What are the kids writing to Santa Claus for this year? What's on their uh. wish list? Their stuff always gets like more expensive every year. So um, Jude asked for some Bluetooth headphones. I don't know what he's connecting it to, but uh, video games, Minecraft stuff, uh, gift cards for the VR headset, a Barbie dream camper. Are, are any of your children what I will affectionately call little Dudley Dursleys in that they count the number of boxes. No, I, I'm more the, the, the box counter. Mm. Generally speaking, I suppose, before we dive into um, what you've come to actually talk with us about today, <laughs> how have you been? Good. I'm tired, but that seems like it's normal. I'm tired every yeah. day. Yeah, hope springs eternal, good. so does fatigue, right? I don't even know. <laughs> Boy, listeners, I'll just, we'll, we'll do a little peek under the curtain here, behind the curtain, under the curtain, above the curtain, somewhere with the curtain. Um, we are recording this conversation with Paula shortly after the conversation we recorded with Rachel. If you have just heard that, know that I just cried, so I'm pretty emotionally out of it. So uh, Paula just put her her kids to bed after a long day of adulting and so she's pretty exhausted and you know Danny's a senior citizen and this is way past her bedtime so that she's is out rude of- <laughs> See, but the thing about this is is that of the two of us he's the one that goes to bed early hey I go to bed early I get up early I uh I work hard I I don't play hard I don't play Paula, why are you here tonight? What are you What are you sharing with us? Oh, I am sharing some of my favorite small shops. Can you please uh, sing them in Sound of Music fashion? Oh God, no! <laughs> That's These more are your a thing. few of Paula's favorite shops. Da 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 on Etsy and on eBay too. I purchased one of these and one of those two, and I feel. So, so broke. good. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was really good. I have my moments. I- so, Paula, why don't you share some of your favorite shops? Okay, so um, uh, Bits and Bobbin Shop is still like my favorite. It's the one of the first shops I purchased for them when I joined the Potogram. So it's still up there she has like the best headbands and now she does like t-shirts and she has little earrings she has like she has everything now and she's on etsy and on shopify so what is the next shop you want to share with uh us? we have uh wanderlust to be she does the i think it's koozies right 
Thank you. As a um, as an amateur professional drinker, they are in fact called koozies. Koozies. Okay. So she crochets, she crochets them. She makes a lot of other stuff too. She has like stickers and I'm not sure if she ships internationally. <laughs> then we have uh Karina's small shop, which is uh, the Bruja's table. So she does the spices and now she's doing catering. Uh, Conquest journals for all your planner needs. That's my girl, Shelly. Crooked wands, if you love handmade wands. David, he's the bomb. He doesn't use a lathe. He hand carves those. Uh, counter shading art. She does a lot of um, like felt creatures, you know, magical creatures. She does ornaments and stuff like that and garlands. She makes really beautiful stuff. It's a potter thing shop she does like planner supplies but she also has ornaments and ribbon and washi are a big planner person so love planners and then if you love candles uh we have iron mermaid candles she has mostly potter themed candles uh grand archer she's new and also mo moraki she has a candle shop now and it's called port key candles and yeah, that's oh, and Remington Curiosities, my girl Mella. She makes the cutest stuff out of stuff from books. So Harry Potter books. And I think that is it off the top of my head. So Paula, if I wanted to buy some cute face masks for people <laughs> for the holiday season, where would I go to get those? Well, and before Little we. Well, before we even get into the plug, let me give a, a natural plug, which is I was with a bunch of family over the Thanksgiving holiday. I did a couple different days with different family members and like different events. So, for example, um, to Thanksgiving, I had a chocolate frog mask to uh, the day after Thanksgiving at a family event. I had mask that has like textbooks and like a wand maybe on there, if I recall correctly. Then I went to a football game where I wore my New York Giants mask. And it was at that point that I swear to you, I had multiple family members say to me, do you have a different mask for every theme and every occasion? And I said, yes, I do. Thank you for asking. One of my good friends has a mask business that she started over the pandemic and hooked me up with all of my mask needs. And that shop is Little London Boutique. And that is my shop. It also, I started it making bows and uh, kind of, it's more now masks, but I also do scarves and hats and bows and lots of masks. <laughs> I always forget about the bows because, you know. I know. Yeah, I know. Maybe if the beard gets long enough. I'm going to make you a headband one day. Uh, well, if the beard gets long enough, maybe you can stick some bows in there. That could work. Little tiny ones. Paula, we covered your children's holiday wish list, such as it was. Mm -hmm. We covered what you'd recommend other people buy and where they buy for the holidays. What's on your Christmas list to Santa this year? Hi, on my Christmas list. That's rough. I don't really have much on my list, but um, anything Harry Potter related, you can't go wrong. I don't collect pins, so not pins. Um, what if the pin was Neville themed? Well, that, if it was think, Neville themed, I'd accept it. Um, I was going to say that my mother, whenever someone would ask her what she wants for the holidays, she would always say, two well-behaved children. 
and I never get it, so I keep asking. So, you're still a child. I think she probably still says it to this day. Let's be, let's be real. Two well-behaved children. My mom always says no kitchen stuff. I still remember the date my dad gave my mom a toaster for Christmas. I think it's why they're divorced. Pretty sure. <laughs> well, on that lovely romantic. Don't give your note, mom a toaster. Well, if, if she asks for a toaster, give her a toaster. It, if 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 Mama wants a toaster, Mama gets a toaster. Well, Danny, how do you want to wrap this conversation up? With a bow, yeah. With a bow from Little London Boutique. From Little London Boutique. And Paula, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, on the interwebs, you can find me on Instagram and on Etsy, and it's Little London Bow B O W T I Q U E. And if okay. we want to and follow just you and not your shop, there it is. Unconceivable. Look for oh. La Peluca de Harry. You'll find me. I was going to say, if you go to that hashtag, I guarantee you she comes up. You will find me 100%. <laughs> Paula, as ever, it is a treat to get to talk with you. You know, as we were thinking about who to bring on for these little mini kind of wish list community highlight, you know, vignettes, if you will. You know, Rachel is somebody who I got to know very well this year in a very limited capacity, but in a lovely capacity and someone who made a massive impact on my life this year. Really, really excited to have you because you're one of the kindest and truest and most wholesome, loving people that I think I've ever met, not just in this whole Harry Potter nonsense, but in in, in the world. Now you're going to make me cry. So I genuinely, from the bottom of what's left of my heart, uh, both from how cold I am, but also how much fried food I eat. Happy holidays to you and yours. And thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. So today we have brought back the minister, Gerald. Hey guys, how's it going? The minister, look, I there's not a, like, there's never a time where you're not styling out to the nines, but I feel like recently you've taken a more casual approach to it and it's still working great, but you're, you're, you're going from a lot of crushed velvet jackets to a lot more uh, t-shirts that show off those glorious biceps and, and, and hats that, that match. And it's, it's been a great vibe. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. I really feel like, you know, especially like around this time, you know, Weasley sweater time and, you know, Quidditch is, you know, this is the good Quidditch weather and all that. I really feel like, you know, if I if I make it to the game and, you know, the last Quidditch match I went to, I got really messy when we won in the end. And, you know, we all stormed the field and I'm like, I, the poor dry cleaners are like, we're not going to be able to get the stains out of this velvet, man. You're going to have to count that as a loss. Gerald, how uh, have you been doing? How's, how's life? How's your family? Things, been, things have been really good. Um, I, I'm really loving the, the weather change there the or less humidity i think less humidity is kind of like just god sent to floridians uh when that heat index is not one you know the humidity is not 115 outside you can actually go outside and walk and not instantly get punched in the face with sweat um life is good man i i i love this time of year so much because you know i get to dig out all of my you know my little weasley sweaters even though it's going to be 72 by the end of the day but in the morning it's you know really i mean it's absolutely beautiful where i can just walk outside not get eaten up by mosquitoes have a cup of coffee or my personal favorite some uh some tea 
and you know with some biscuits and it's just i mean it's it's been absolutely heavenly the last like three weeks for me so gerald what are you looking forward to this holiday season a lot of good things uh i'm looking forward to one of my favorite uh anime shows should be starting back up uh around december and it's uh it goes by demon slayer absolutely i mean like i love the show so much it got me into reading mangas for the first time in my life because I just could not wait to find out what happened next. And I started buying mangas and 15 books later, here we are. So I'm really looking forward to that show starting. Um, I don't know what it is. I just, you know, I, I know it's biased, but, you know, th- those those fans out there listening will be like, I totally understand. But there's just something about reading Harry Potter during Christmas time that just gives you that that really good nostalgia effect. You know, there's there's sweaters and and you know you know mince pies and you know and sweets and stuff being given out. So I just I don't know. I mean, I just feel like you know I don't feel like Harry Potter means Christmas, but I feel like you know every December I just listen to a Harry Potter audiobook just because Christmas is going to be in most of the you know the first the first few of them. So I just I, I love it so much that I look forward to listening to that book. Every single year, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, just because, you know, I was a kid watching it growing up and, you know, that by this point I can quote all the lines and, you know, it's it's I look forward to that. And then just um, those are my my like absolute favorite things. And then, you know, just I've always been a big gifter. So, you know, and. I think my favorite thing for the holidays is gifting someone something who did not expect something from me. So that's what I'm extremely looking forward to. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm always happy for the kiddos. You know, that's anytime I get to see my little six year old do her little like happy dance and, you know, run and like, kind of like choke me to death slash clothesline me when she's giving me a hug because she got something that she's going to use for about two hours and never use again. That's really exciting for me. What about you guys? <clears throat> well, before we get to us, I just got to say, you know, you're someone who lives every day of the year with so much grace and kindness and compassion. And, and at least from my perspective, lives for your family and your friends. Um, and so the holidays must feel, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it feels like any other like day to you. Cause like, that's just how you live. Or if it's like, you're just jacked up on holiday steroids, like, it's it, it's fascinating. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's special to me because I just I always feel like you know it's something can be done to make something better for someone else. You know, it's you know you know you never know what people are going through. You never know how hard it is for people. And then I'm just that guy. You know that just I use a lot of financial things throughout the year to get myself things that just are just astronomical and I like to do it myself because I just don't want to burden you know anyone else with this so then I'm always like well no I'll, I'll grab this or I'll get this and you know you know a perfect example is you know every year for Christmas I like to gift chocolate and my favorite chocolate to gift people are um, I can't pronounce the name for it but it they do like a really good peppermint bark and the bags are, I mean, they're, I mean, even the presentation, everything is beautiful. And I literally like, I hand them out to almost everyone that I, that I like freak that are my friends that are my associates, you know, regardless if they, if I know them, I'm always like, Hey man, here's, they only come out with this during Christmas time. So that whole Christmas nostalgia is there. And I 
that's probably my favorite thing. Danny, seeing as Gerald brought it up, I guess two questions for you. What what are some of your favorite holiday movies? And do you have like a go-to treat or sweet or snack or baked good uh, around the wintertime? I love watching A Muppet Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorites. Yes. And then my favorite cookie to have, if I don't do like any other baking, I always have to have kiss cookies. They're the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey kiss on top. But this year I'm going to get fancy and use the, one of my favorite things that I discovered about two years ago is Hershey Kisses has a hot cocoa Hershey Kiss that's seasonal and they are the best thing ever. So I want to make those cookies with hot cocoa kisses. Those are epic. If you guys ever get a chance, I highly recommend it. It's only during Christmas time. And I've only seen them at the mall and these is these cute little ladies and they dress like the nurses from the 20s. And they sell this candy called C's Candy, S-E-E apostrophe S. And it's they're literally like these thick milk chocolate lollipops. And they only come out during Christmas. And I mean, like, it's all out war in the Oliver house. Like, it has to be like, you get three, you get three, and dad gets four. Why does dad get four? <clears throat> well, dad. But, I mean, it takes you like, it, it, it takes almost like an hour to wear these things down. I mean, they are, I mean, it's just this huge chocolate lollipop. And it's just pure chocolate. But, oh, man, it's. You guys have to try those. If you haven't tried those and I find them, I'm sending them to you. Pop quiz. Does anybody know who owns C's Candies? Nope. Ah, big brain hatter over here. Uh, Warren Buffett. Um, I'm not sure where to go from that other than I learned that once in business school. And that's one of my fun facts that I never get to share because when does that ever come up in conversation? But here we are. It is. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's it's completely irrelevant, but yeah, sure. So, Gerald, we ask you to come up with some recommendations for our listeners for some books that people may want to read this holiday season or gift. All right, good stuff. So, I have, I mean, and and Stephen, I immediately thought of you because you know sometimes when people make book recommendations, you know. It's kind of what that person is, you know, it's kind of that person's, you know, personal opinion of it and, and why they like it. And I really wanted to include yourself and Danny in this. I'm sure everyone that has listened to uh, me talk about books has heard me talk about the Akatar series. I mean, I cannot recommend that enough. And it's, it's funny because the reason why I'm recommending it is because it took me so long to get on the bandwagon after everyone was saying, man, this is really good. And I finally said, all right, man, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge. And I think for whoever's listening, the, you know, it's a court of thorns and roses. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful series. And I always recommend it just because it's got the right amount of everything. It's got the right amount of, you know, pain and suffering. It's got the right amount of happiness. It's got the right amount of glory. It's got the right amount, of, you know, right. The right amount of basically every emotion, <laughs> you know, and I thought of that and I like, I can't wait to say that just so Stephen and Danny can be like, if you guys are listening, like I second what Gerald's saying, I third what Gerald's saying, please listen to those. Danny, I already 
Gerald, for context, I already cried talking about Akatar when recording with Rachel last night. So, Danny, do you want to provide your thoughts on the series? I'll just shut up. <laughs> I Well, I love the series. I haven't finished it yet. I am still in process. However, we've now recommended it on multiple episodes. We have recommended it twice on this episode. And I think that kind of speaks for itself. Go yeah. read them. I don't know what more we can say, except you really need to read them. And if you want someone to discuss them with, we're all waiting for you to send us messages so we can discuss books. Between us and the cult following that she has, you one out. I mean, if if there's 10 people that you meet just in a bookstagram, you know, space. Eight out of 10 of them have read this (laughs) or want to read it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'll just add in there, and I've said this in so many words in other in other forums. If you're looking for a story that has just phenomenal world building, right? To echo what Gerald said, it's got that. If you're looking for a story that has love and loss and heartbreak and redemption, it's got that. If you're looking for a story that, quite frankly, does action and battle and war scenes really damn well, it's got that. If you're looking for a story where you can take some notes and spice up your love life, good Lord, does it have that. It's got everything you could ask for. And at least as of sitting here recording on December 1st, its author is not problematic. So, you know, holy cosign on reading Akatar. If you haven't figured that out by now, I mean, you got to turn the volume up on on the podcast, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even, you know, like, I always recommend that one first, um, even though that came out a little bit later in that author's life, Sarah J. Mass. Um, Throne of Glass is beautiful, but that's eight books long. I, you know, A Court of Thorns and Roses is, I mean, with the new book, you know, it's probably four books long, I think, four, four or five. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, like, hey, look, like nine books is a nine books is dedication. You know, eight books is dedication, you know. You know, so <clears throat> I always recommend that one. Um, that Throne of Glass series is also a plus on there. But again, it's one of those deals where you got to that's dedication. You know, you really got to put forth some effort to get through nine books. Um, but I always recommend, you know, Akatar. I've always thought um, from reading it, I really kind of fell in love with it. Uh, it's called the Caraval series. And in the Caraval series, it's basically a once a year festival. Um, and think of it like a circus. It's a once a year festival, but the it's a situation where the audience plays the game. So instead of like spectating, you know, where you watch everything happen, it's this is something where the people that come to watch is by invitation only the people that come to watch. They can either watch or have the option of playing. And it's a bunch of, you know, little like quizzes and things like that to kind of, you know, where you kind of win like a grand prize. And of course, in that world the grand prize is something that, you know, everyone wants in each year, you know, it changes, but it's a once a year event. And, um, these two sisters were supposedly, um, you know, one sister's getting ready to be married off. And she, you know, she had been writing the person that runs this, um, this festival ever since she was a kid and she never got invited until the year she was going to get married. So it's a, it's a really, really beautiful series. Um, I like that one a lot because it's, uh, it's interactive because the the audience gets to participate and they kind of have to make choices as far as what happens next 
And, you know, and then that spans across a few other books. And then <clears throat> my favorite thing about that is the whole situation is supposed to be perceived as a game. And then the lines get blurred where you can't really tell if it is a game or if it's not a game anymore. And that's what I really like about it. Danny, have you read that that book? I um I feel like you I feel Danny, I feel like you've read damn near every book at this point. Because anytime someone references this book, I'll be writing down notes and you'll be like, listeners can't see me making facial expressions, but you'll be like, oh yeah, I like that one. Uh I have not read the series. I think Gerald may have sent me this recommendation before though. Another series, and uh, the reason why I always say series is because Sometimes the one book one-offs, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are this type of reader, but I like to get invested in characters. I like, you know what I mean? I like that world building situation. I like to Rachel get Rachel literally said the same exact thing when we talked to her yesterday. She had yeah. one standalone book that she recommended, but same exact reasoning too. What's funny is Rachel, and I don't remember the exact word she used, mind you. I don't remember if they were on mic or before we started recording, but she essentially described you as like her book, like completely platonic, whichever one's non-romantic. It's platonic. like non- That means friends. Yes. She basically described you as like her like platonic book soulmate. Right. And yeah. everything you've said for the past like four and a half minutes is like sense. verbatim what she said last night. And so the right. listeners are going to like they're going to hear it and it's going to be like a puzzle clicking together. Cause it's, yeah, it's, that, there's some beautiful synergy there. I can't wait for Rachel to hear that. and be like, I swear to God, we didn't plan that is what's so fun about Rachel is she's such true. She's so true to her house uh, off topic, but she's a Ravenclaw. And I mean, she reads so fast in one sitting, she can catch up and pass me in one sitting. I mean, she'll sit down for like three hours and I mean like she'll fly through a book. And then she'll wait and then I'll like catch up to her and then we'll discuss it. And then, I mean, it's what I love about it is I've never, I think she's the only person on Instagram that I've really, really like dove into depth, like conversations about this scene, about this scene, about theories and, you know, like my fear of someone getting ready to die. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Like I had told Rachel, there's a scene that happens in the throne of glass series that inspired me so much. I wrote like two separate point of view poems from the character's eyes. Never happened to me before in my life, but I loved it so much. I had to write about it. That's I didn't, I didn't know, or perhaps I didn't remember that you have that skill set in your arsenal. Um, That's really cool. See, my work is just like scramblings, you know, just some random thoughts about me just kind of scribbling what I perceive this scene to be through the eyes of the character kind of just see it as you know i mean it's a it's a pretty good piece but you know we're our hardest critics so i never want to be like this is one of the best pieces ever written you know let's let's i've said this many times before your your writing is eloquent and beautiful and i you know from my perspective i know your heart i know who you are so i know you come at it from a humble perspective but just as someone who's a reader i don't really it sounds kind of odd. I don't care where you're coming from. I care that it's the most beautiful and 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 uh, compassion abundant writing I think I've ever seen, particularly in a social space. You know, but that's a whole different piece of the brain than going into poetry. Because um, don't get me wrong, I think I've got some chops when it comes to writing. 
but you ask me to write poetry and I sound like a bad Dr. Seuss. And, and so it, it's a whole different thing. So anywho, once again, I am, I am here, but a man mesmerized by you and your, and your abilities. So kind, man. I appreciate you guys. The next series that I want to recommend is called the Folk and Air series. Um, and this series is really, it starts out with a book called The Cruel Prince. Usually sometimes, you know, books kind of have like a, I, in my opinion, I consider a slow burn, like the first couple of chapters are world building or, you know, descriptions of tribes or, you know, some type of layout for where the character kind of comes in. And this one's a little bit different because it kind of starts off with a, you know, like with a high intensity kickoff, which I kind of liked. And then it kind of goes into the slower burning world building. But this one is in regards to, you know, another one of the fairy type books. And um, it involves two sisters that are half human and half fairy or half fae. Um, and they're they're living in a land or in a place where humans are really, really frowned upon. I mean, they just they don't like humans. They actually you know, go to the human lands to kind of bring humans back to make fun of them and abuse them and stuff like that. And, you know, but so for them being half and half, um, they're kind of viewed as, okay, we don't really, they're not a fully full on accepting of them. Um, and in fairy lands, you know, and things like that, of course they live for an extreme amount of time I and mean, they live for hundreds of years before they die. And, um, this one kind of involves, you know, like essentially the, the title, the cruel prince is this prince who's just, horrific i mean just no regard for human life classic the boy we love to hate the guy we love to hate and then you're like oh well i can understand why he's acting out but long story short this goes across three books and um it's it involves a lot of hierarchy a lot of uh pecking order and then you have these two half human half face sisters who are essentially at the absolute bottom of the pool so in order for them to move up, it's got to be either through marriage, got to be through, you know, different types of associations and things like that. And it goes through a very, very long process. And uh, what I loved about this one the most is the daughter's um, father is someone who essentially like protects the king. So he's like the muscle and he kind of, you know, just like every parent and, you know, every house you you're, you kind of follow the trade of your parents back then to kind of give you a world building uh, uh, outlook. And they're essentially very good at it. You know, one's very good at it and one other one's a little bit different. And then it just goes through, you know, the pecking order that you see on the opposite side with um, the cruel prince being like the sixth child in line for the throne. So essentially, since he's the sixth, he doesn't care. But then things start to go in a different direction. And then it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't really know. And then it, it opens up to be a really beautiful book. But I love that it starts out with, you know, like kind of an extreme scene. And then you kind of, all the characters are kind of set right in front of you. It's like, you know, literally like they're all there in a few chapters and you're like, okay, I don't like this one. I don't like this one. This one's kind of okay. They're really this way or that way. And then you get into world building. So that one kind of has a different perspective. So I really like that series. Um, I couldn't read that one enough. I mean, as soon as I finished it, I, I wanted to read it again. I devoured that series. I have randomly found the first book and I think I read them all within a week or two. When I find something I really love, I stay up way too late, even though I have a job the next day. That's what I love. That's what I love. When a book is that good, it just consumes you and your time. 
I also, um, you know, I, or from like my bonus books, um, I just, I truly feel like everyone who, you know, maybe not, you know, it doesn't give you like a great Christmas vibe feels, but just, you know, I think everyone has a list of books that you feel everyone else needs to read, like just bucket list it before you die is I've always felt like that about the book thief. You know, I always say that about the book thief. It's just 1939 Nazi Germany. Um, you know, just that, just that alone kind of has you like, okay, um, let me see what that's about. And it go, I mean, it just, it's, it's such, uh, you know, a beautiful heartbreaking book and it has some really, really beautiful moments. And that's, that's what I truly love about reading is you kind of understand in every book, there's going to be some form of heartbreak, but when you say 1939 Nazi Germany, you already know, like the foundation is going to be probably extreme heartbreak. So when you finally do get moments that are, are, are in the light, so to speak, when you finally get nice moments, those moments, in my opinion, become beautiful moments because it's not a moment that's going to continually last. Like, you know, death is coming, you know, death will be there. So in that rare air of that moment, you're just like, this is such a, a, a pretty moment. I don't want it to end. I don't want to go to the next chapter because this is such a, you know, such a beautiful moment. So I always recommend the book thief, um, poetically written. I always invite people to consider reading a book called the invisible life of Addie LaRue. And the invisible life of Addie LaRue is, um, a young lady from a very, very long time ago. She essentially is being, um, I don't want to say pawned off. That's the wrong terminology. Uh, but she it's, it's an arranged marriage. And she doesn't want to get married. And long story short, you know, in that moment of desperity, she's, you know, just praying to anybody that will listen, you know, I'll to anyone who's listening, you know, I'll do anything just so I don't have to do this. And in most books and most shows that does your prayers aren't answered. You go on and you get on with life and it it's just the way it is. But in this one instance someone answers her, but it's not the person that you would expect to answer your questions. And when that person, you know, presents her, you know, I can arrange this for you. However, you know, as in everything, it comes at a cost and her cost is she is literally invisible to everyone she ever meets. So as long as they maintain eye contact with her, they'll remember who she is. And as soon as they turn their eyes and go into an, or, or turn around or do anything that's not 100% focused on her, they completely forget who she is. So for hundreds of years, she's been forgotten. And that's how she kind of maintains her life is once this person sees me, once they turn around, they're, they're not going to remember me. So like a perfect example from a scene in the book is she goes um, to a store to try clothes on and it's almost like a really, really heartbreaking moment because she knows what's going to happen and you know, what's going to happen, but you still kind of read through it. She goes in and, and tries clothes on that. She knows she's going to keep because when she comes out, the person's not going to remember who she is at all. So she goes in, she, she puts the clothes on that she wants to try on and she walks out and you just kind of feel that heartbreaking moment of the woman just kind of being like dazed and confused. Like, I don't know how you got back here you know, but is there anything I can do to help you? And she kind of just, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it, but no thanks. And then she just leaves. Um, and what I love about that book is you get to see for the world building of that, it's just literally just hundreds of years of her life that no one knows who she is. 
And there's just one rare instance, you know, she goes into a bookstore, she picks up a book. She's like the person that just saw me just turned around and she walks out with the book and the person remembers her hundreds of years later. And it's just like, there's your story. And then all of that begins to unfold. And it's, 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 but what I like about this book is how it's poetically written, you know, you know, as a writer, again, if I can call myself that as a writer, I like to, you know, I don't want to just say something is, is heartbreaking. I want to paint it. I want to write it to where it kind of builds that picture in your mind. And then you kind of see through the words that it's heartbreak. So that way I don't necessarily have to use the term heartbreak. I can use, you know, in essence, a few pages to say one word. And that's what I really like. It was really, really poetically written. That's one of the more fascinating uh, premises for a book I think I've ever heard. I'm sold on that. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, what I really like about it is the audiobook. The narrator is, I mean, it was beautifully narrated. And that's usually my cheat code when I can't sit down and open a book. And I'm telling you, like, I just give the audiobook a try if you can, if they'll let you rent it from the library, but give the audiobook a try and, you know, in between chapters. But I really love the way, you know, she times how she says things and stuff like that. It's try the audiobook if you don't get a chance to crack the book open. Do you have any other book recommendations for us, or is that your list? Um, the last but not least is a book that I was a little skeptical to read. But, um, I had heard a lot of things about it, but I don't want to say bad or good, but it was really like right in the middle, like about 40% good, 60% bad. So I said, well, let me just try it. Um, it's called Ninth House. And um, the interesting thing about Ninth House is uh, it goes over like secret societies and very prestigious circles. So for example, um, there's a lot of houses at Yale University, at Harvard, and places like that, where, you know, it's clearly very prestigious, clearly very need to know, clearly very, you know, 1%, um, you know, where those shoulders rub against each other type of situation. And they kind of, they deal with a lot of, I don't want to say supernatural, but at the same time, supernatural. Um, and they have to tap into things in order to achieve that. So, for example, it could be through various types of drugs. It could be through various types of surgeries. It can be through various dangerous acts where you kind of get in that that nice box of rare air where you're right between life and death. And that's how they are able to, you know, uh, see predictions for things, how they're able to, you know, maintain their wealth and things like that. And um it involves uh, all the things that they attempt to do just on the off chance of being able to, like I said, to be able to see that life and right in between life and death. They have people that have to do all of those things and perform those acts versus a lady that can do it, all of those things without any of it. But she comes from the slums. So you have, you know, and then by the time you intertwine those two together, you have an absolute disaster. Because it's, you know, we have wine and filet mignon for lunch and you might not eat for three days, but your gifts are something that no one's that no one that has come through these private institutions have been able to do. So we have to bring you on board and almost kind of break all of your bad habits from where you live while we push the threshold 
with what we're doing so we can try to do what you do naturally. So it's interesting, very confusing. I know for that description, but it's, it's interesting dealing with, um, you know, uh, entities, if that's the perfect word. And she's kind of able to do that naturally versus, uh, you know, all of these places and, and institutions and private, you know, places, they do a lot of unworldly things to be able to do what she does naturally. And then there's a, a whole side story there that's just like, wow, that's crazy. I I would love, <laughs> this is an odd sentence, I would love to be one of your children because I feel like, never mind the fact that I imagine you to be just a damn good father in, a, in and of its own right, the creativity and and empowering of imagination in your home must be unrivaled. Like that's just like, just listening to you talk about like the power of story. Don't get me wrong. My parents raised me damn good. And I couldn't have been any luckier to have the parents that I did. And I love them. This is not a criticism whatsoever. My mother thinks Hufflepuff is huff and stuff and Hogwarts is Dusseldorf. And like, it doesn't know, like, I love her to death, not a, it's just like, it's a whole different, you know, perspective on fiction and fantasy and, and the power of story. And so I would love to be, can you, can, can you be my daddy? Yeah. Can I adopt you? Yeah, man. I'll... <laughs> I was going to say, while we have the incredible minister himself, a man who I admire on just so many fronts, is there anything else you, you want to ask him about or talk about, uh, talk with him about? A great list of books for our listeners to close out. If there was one thing that you would want small shop business official merch from the Harry Potter world, what would it be? The two items I definitely want big scale, like girl, that's like ridiculous. I wouldn't. Why would be Slughorn's uh, his what do you call that? Slughorn's his hourglass. His hourglass, yes. Slughorn's hourglass would be, I mean, like way up there on the list. I would really, oh man, I'd love to have that. That and my second big gift would be the Nimbus two thousand, like life size movie prop replica nimbus 2000 uh small scale um would definitely be i mean i'm always 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 you know small scale i'm always eating some type of harry potter candy uh, so you know chocolate frogs uh the peppermint toads uh you know and just you know anything you know like that you know like because i i feel like that's like the perfect stocking stuff for like oh man you got you know, you got peppermint toes. You can't go wrong with that. Um, you know, so that's, you know, small scale, like the smallest scale would be like frog. I mean, cause that frog is so thick. I have to like crush it up, you know, just so I can get pieces. <laughs> you can't just open it up and bite it. You know, I have to like block pieces off, yeah, you know, then steak I, knife out. I mean, I can make, I can throw that in some hot chocolate. I can throw that in some coffee. You know what I mean? That's a gift that possibly could give for like a week. You know, if I can, if I can, you know, span it out, you know, um, so those two things, big scale, small scale, um, is I, I, I know that, you know, as, as a person who is very, very house, I always, always want Slytherin stuff, always wants to, I mean, I've got, God, 30, 40 t-shirts, you know, I finally got my Holy Grail item, the Quidditch jumper. Um, but I still like, I mean, I I still can go for, 
the Slytherin um, cardigan that they wore or the Slytherin, you know, the jumper that they wore. I mean, it's always going to be something Slytherin, some a Slytherin shirt, Slytherin jumper, Slytherin hat. So low scale is always something related or non Harry Potter related. You know, I'll take velvet anything. Velvet shoes, velvet pants. I don't think they can make velvet socks, but if they could, I would wear them. Velvet jackets, you know, I just bury me in velvet. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, always, always. You guys, um, you know, I'm always guys because, you know, I can't thank you guys enough because as Minister for Magic, you know, my profile and, you know, the, you know, my beautiful, uh, you know, family with, you know, Ellie and Trey and, you know, and Imana and Karina and Griselda, you know, I, I love those guys so much. And I love you guys equally because my voice can only go so far. And, you know, with you two wonderful people seeing that, seeing me in such a bright light, my voice is able to reach people that I haven't even met yet. My voice is able to reach out to new people to Instagram, you know, you know, or people that have been there for a while. And I'm like, I've heard of that guy, but I've never heard his voice. So, you know, you guys open that, you know, you, you, to me, it feels like you open that scope for so many more people, um, you know, for me to meet and greet and get to know. So I always am grateful for you guys to have me on. Cause like I said, through you guys, I meet tons of people that I didn't know. So what you guys are doing is, you know, please don't, let anyone discourage you guys from doing that. I was already, I already cried last night. I don't need to cry on this segment too. And then yeah. Paula cried a little bit when we talked to her. So all three segments have some tears somewhere. Thank you so much, Gerald. I Gerald. hope you have an amazing holiday. Well, Danny, now that we've heard from Rachel, Paula and Gerald about what they recommend um, for gifts or stocking stuffers or treats for the holidays. Uh, how about we share what we'd recommend for our listeners? That sounds good. Um, how about we go back and forth with each of our suggestions? Sure. So for the listeners, we didn't have any insight into each other's lists, how we thought about the lists conceptually or what we came up with. The only guidelines that we kind of discussed were like three to six products and or shops and or organizations to recommend. Um, So Danny, I don't know how you thought about, like, do you have categories or like, how how did you come up with your, with your uh, list? I kind of went with, I have a small shop. I have official merch I have experiences and then I have organizations because I'm the type of person I don't necessarily love getting gifts, but I do love having experiences. So I wanted to include that as an option when there's that person that you're like, they just, there's just nothing to get them or they're those those people that like have all the things and you just never know what to do for them. Conversely, I am a material girl in a material world. So I recommended nothing but things you can buy. Um, Jenny, why don't you tell me about the first thing on your list? All right. So the first one is, now I'm going to 
put a disclaimer that I have not had any of these products yet, but I found them recently and it looked a lot of, a lot of fun. It's a little different for the tea lovers out there. They all are called Wolf Door, W-O-L-F-D-O-R. They are a tea company that's loose leaf tea. And they're all inspired by like fantasy and like folklore type teas. So like one of theirs that they have that they just listed was Dumbledore's Christmas Crunch. It says it is a cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, and candy cane black tea. But they have all these fun themed teas and you can find them on Instagram at Wolf Door Co. What is one of your recommendations, Stephen? So my first three recommendations, I'll only give one now, but just so the listeners know, my first three are all Etsy shops. Uh, the first is a shop called Shop Curious Cat. And the product I found of theirs that I really like is a Harry Potter inspired bookmark. And you can have it personalized um, to your house and your name. So the tassel is colored in your house. Um, you can get your name on there. And it's really cool. It, it, it's like an old library card. Um, and there's cursive writing and it, it, it feels very Potter-esque, but also if you're just reading a lot as I am recently, um, shout out to Rachel, shout out to Gerald, um, uh, shout out to EJ Schwartz before we were blue. Um, it's always good to have, you can never have too many bookmarks because sometimes you put one in a book and then you pick up a different book. Sometimes you put a bookmark down and you misplace it. Bookmarks are like pens are like other things that you can't have enough of you just can't have enough bookmarks and this one is really pretty it's very affordable um and the shop who i don't know and i don't have this product yet seems to be very well regarded and highly reviewed so uh shop curious cat harry potter inspired bookmark all right so my next one is it didn't seem right for me to not have someone that does artwork because that is something that we all focus on a lot uh, so i am going to suggest nutmeg art it's K-N-U-T-M-E-G-G dot art. And she just released, she does these really cool photos from the Harry Potter world. And it's like looking inside like Dumbledore's office or the towers, but she just released one of the burrow. Just definitely go check out her art because I love all her pieces and I've followed her for quite some time. So if you're looking for a new artwork, go check her out. My next product, again, from Etsy, this is a product that I own. Um, I don't own all of the products from the shop, but I own one. Uh, the shop is Beyond the Magic Shop. And I, I just bought a Galactic Hero sweatshirt, um, which is this wonderful crew neck. And it has um, a design that resembles the score screen on uh, the Buzz Lightyear uh, Galactic Space Ranger uh, ride at, at Walt Disney World. I love that ride. It's like a nostalgic part of my childhood. Danny happened to hit some secret code or something last time we were there. She got like 200,000 points. Um, really comfy, really cool design, really affordable. All the products seem really cool. Tons of different stuff across Disney, across other fandoms. Um, yeah, so be sure to check out Beyond the Magic Shop. That's that's somebody who I will a thousand percent be going back to for myself and or for gifts for other people over the course of the next year or so. The next one is for official merch, but Lego is killing it recently with some of their sets. Um, one of the ones I love, it is sold out on their website, but I know you can still find it in some stores. 
is there a Hogwarts icon set with its Hedwig holding the Hogwarts acceptance letter. So I love that one. And then they just released, I added this one in because this was just released, I think within the last day or two, is they did house trunks that are Lego sets. So, and you can find those wherever Legos are sold. Wherever Lego is sold. Um, My next one is someone you just heard from. Um, I genuinely, and there's going to be a theme for the rest of the people I shout out for things to buy is people who not only make incredible things, but also people who I have affection for in my heart. Um, Rachel's uh, glassware shop Poppins Cork Designs on Etsy. As we discussed with her, I have the Wingspan Matters uh, glass courtesy of one co-host Danny. Um, I have got my eye on two other products of hers, at least as of right now. There's certainly a lot more I probably will, but the two that kind of struck my fancy today, uh, the Mickey Mouse Mason Jar and the Toy Story uh alien wine glass both were really cool um the designs are full of color you can go anywhere from like minimalistic to like pretty intricate and elaborate so you know different vibes um i just think they're great whether you want to put them on a shelf and have them in a collection or actually use them i think they're they're beautiful um so yeah poppins corp designs on etsy and then my next one, I know Stephen and I both have attended a few of these apiece, is for an event with Cine Concerts. They are back on tour, so their shows are getting rescheduled. And it is the, you can go, depending on where you are, it will depend on which movie they're at. They are live orchestral performances where you watch the movie, but the orchestra plays the music right there on the stage and it's such a fun experience to go see them i've seen movies one through three and i just found out movie four is going to be out in tampa this year so i'm hoping to continue where i left off at the strasburg performing arts center where i saw i think the first two for sure i believe i saw three and four in phoenix anyway the best thing i can equate in terms of how to think about seeing that if you've ever had just like a regular crappy pair of headphones and you've listened to a song and then you've bought yourself a nice pair of headphones and you've listened to a song, that's what it feels like. Cause like you can watch the movie and hear all the music just normally on your TV and it sounds great. Right? The scores are great, beautiful music, whatever. But when you hear the orchestra live, it's like a whole nother level and it's, it's beautiful and being able to do it, quite literally in concert with a community of other Harry Potter fans, especially coming out of this awful pandemic, you know, that has to feel extra nice, but you know, I haven't done them pre pandemic. It's just fun. People show up in costumes. I don't mind you, but you know, people show up in costumes and people clap and laugh and boo and hiss. And it's just, it's a ton of fun. So couldn't, couldn't co-sign that enough. Um, My next one is a bit of a cheat. It's four shops in one answer. Um, whether you are someone who collects pins or not, um, so for yourself or as a gift for others, um, I'm not going to recommend any specific pins because they're always releasing more new ones, but trust me when I say you can't go wrong with any of the artwork from Laserbrain Patch Co., Sunset Road Co., Ottoman and Tweak, 
or wither wings wears the the effort and care and time and and love that Stina, Nikki, Dylan, Ross and Jeanette and Amy put into their to their craft is second to none. Um they I I know all of them personally and this is where for what must be at least the fifth time in this compiled podcast I start to tear up a little bit. Um I have just been very emotional the past couple of months. I'm not sure what's going on over here. Um, these, the, no exaggeration. Like these people are from an artistic standpoint, the Picassos of the industry from a business standpoint, they're yeah. I was going to say Jeff Bezos, but that's controversial. They're very damn good at what they do. They are the best people in the space of buying and buying and selling and trading and creating pins. There's no one better than them, just straight up. Um, And so whether for you, whether for a loved one or a friend, you don't have to wear the pins. If you want to wear them, you can. You can put them on a board. You can put them on your desk. You can put them on a lanyard, a backpack, a lunchbox absolutely beautiful stuff and honestly whether it's five dollars or whether it's you know a hundred dollars not a penny is misspent if you're going to one of those four shops so the next ones are going to be a group they are places that could use some donations during the season and if you just want to help out some organizations uh, the first one is the Protego Foundation. You have heard us talk with Tyler on the pod. And right now they have their initiative going to help bring vegan butterbeer to the wizarding world. So you can follow them at Protego Foundation on Instagram. We also have Fandom Forward, previously Harry Potter Alliance. They are at the HP Alliance on Instagram. And then we've also talked a lot with Transfiguring Adoption, and they are at Transfigure Adopt. And then another one that's a little more specific and local is the Orlando Pet Alliance. They are the organization that started sorting their pets to help get them adopted. But recently, they actually had a fire and they lost their building. So they are looking at... Um, raising funds to be able to rebuild and for the future of their organization. And you can find them at Pet Alliance Go on Instagram. And if you Google Orlando Pet Alliance, you can also find them there. My final recommendation, and y'all know you weren't going to get through an episode of Creative Magic without me talking about this person and their work, uh, is Sydney Dean. Um, Quite simply put, Sydney's art is the most optimistic, uplifting, beautiful printed artwork I have ever seen. Just straight. It, it's, I'm sitting here in front of some of it right now. I have so many pieces of hers that, quite honestly, I just discover them in random shelves or random piles or just you know, around my apartment. Um, I'm a member of her Patreon. Um, so I get prints shipped to me monthly, but you know, whether you're looking for some themed stuff, she has some Lord of the Rings related things, I believe. 
Danny knows I don't really do that fandom, so I couldn't. There's something about the, she has some artwork with a Shire. That's Lord of the Rings, right? Okay, cool. Um, tons of Potter stuff that she's continually re-releasing, and people are buying up, you know, with with both hands. And then tons of original characters and designs that she's been coming up with. Sydney was one of the first episodes we did on this podcast. Um, and her her work just makes my heart happy. And uh, I've got a pretty cold heart, so it takes a lot to, to warm it up. And, and her work does it 10 times out of 10. So, Sydney, yet again, I love you. I love your art. Thank you for, for continuing to, to share it with all of us. Feel free to go check out those shops. We will have those linked on the website so that you don't have to type everything up or write it down as you're listening. And we hope that you guys have a great holiday season. Well, before, before we end Danny, I know we're going to have a couple more episodes that come out in December, um, but those will be for all intensive purposes, normal episodes. And that will be interviewing a person or a set of people about their work, their passion. Like it's not going to be like a reflective retrospective episode like this. Correct. Correct. So with that in mind, I just wanted to take a couple minutes to, you know, as we sit here in between Thanksgiving and Christmas and the new year to reflect on the year and just uh, talk about some people. I literally just wrote names. I didn't write any thoughts beyond that, but you know, I, I, I think it was evident if you listen to the conversation that we just had with, with Gerald, with Rachel and with Paula, there are so many people in this community who I don't necessarily talk with every single day. Like I'm not pulling out my phone, messaging them. Um, but whenever I do talk with them, it's, it's a conversation that's filled with so much love and, and, you know, bi-directional support and compassion and, and Gerald, Karina, Paula, Rachel, just to name a few, like are people who have absolutely made my year better and made me happier. And I am so thankful for every time our paths do cross, whether virtually or in person, because I always walk away happier. Um, then why am I, why am I so, I promise listeners, when we get to the next episode, I'll be cold and sarcastic and we'll be back to normal promise. Um, looking at some of our closer friends, you know, I, 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 it's not my place to go into extreme detail, but you know, Chelsea Gryffindor pinup, or I guess now she's the alchemy Valkyrie. That's her shop. She is the pinup Valkyrie. The, the pinup Valkyrie. Yeah. She hasn't had the easiest of, of the past couple of years to say the least. Um, And you know, she's been somewhat open about that on her page and I'm not, it's not my story to tell, but what is my story to tell is that she is so happy now. And if you look at her content and you just know Chelsea to see her doing so well, um, it's like a whole different person. And we already loved who she used to be, who, who like I thought she used to be when I first got to know her. Um, so to see her now, is just, it's transcendental. You know, our, our, our friends, Katie and Russell, you know, Katie moved out East and, you know, seems to be loving the transition to the East coast and living with Russell full time. And and I'm so happy for them. And Russell is someone who I got to know a lot better this year. And he is just similar to Gerald is just one of the most caring, compassionate, selfless people you'll ever meet. Um, And is always a pleasure to be around and, and, and is always 
uplifting and thoughtful and, and fun. And I can't say enough good about. Um, and then this stupid podcast. I mean, look, we're about to hit two years, which is remarkable that you haven't killed me or fired me over these past two years. Um, but yeah, I don't through a lot of my own actions, mind you, but also some outside of my control. I don't have the most stability in, in life right now. I mean, look, I, I've got a house with four walls and a roof. I'm doing just fine, but you know, I, 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 there's a lot of question marks in my near medium and long-term future, but over the past year, the one thing that hasn't been a question mark is at least once a week, we're going to sit down and turn on this microphone and I'm going to make fun of you for being ancient. And we're going to, talk about how bad Michael Gambon is and, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to spread some light and, and share the stories of some pretty cool shops and, and YouTube accounts and things like that. So um, I know I irk you when I remind you how old you actually are, but couldn't be more thankful for this podcast and you. So uh, I don't think yeah. you actually know how old I am. <laughs> I honestly, I don't. I was talking with someone the other day and I was like, I think she's like 34 or something, but I really don't know. Um, but yeah, here's a, here's to a great 2022 and beyond. Now this podcast has, not that we weren't already meeting people within the community, but this year, once people started traveling again, and now that I'm Orlando adjacent, I've been able to meet some of the people like Kayleen, who lives in Canada, who's bits and bobbin shop. And some of those relationships with people I would have never really talked with until we had them on the podcast and like connected. So it really has been amazing to meet those people in the community. And I, I'm always thankful for you, Stephen, <laughs> most of the time, but, but honestly, you're one of my best friends. So, and you know that, but I'm excited for conventions to start happening again so that we can meet more people in this community. And if, People have been hesitant about like putting themselves out there and meeting other members. Really just go for it. Most of the people, like 99.8% of the people you're going to meet in this community are truly great people. <laughs> but really just go out there. If, if it's a convention and you're the only one that wants to go, do it. Steven and I met each other because we both went to an event solo. Biggest mistake of my life. Go have fun and enjoy this community for what it is and have a great holiday.